Ah, Lord, thank you for this great morning. Thank you for the words you've given us, the encouragement that's been brought to us this morning. Thank you that we have this thing called prayer where we can converse with you. I ask that what you've given me to speak, I speak, and it is clear. And if it isn't, please fix it so it is. Because what you want to say is more important than any of us here. In Jesus' name, amen. I got this word for the congregation this morning, just like over there a little bit ago. And uh, maybe it's just for one of you, or maybe it's for all of us. I don't know. Don't let your heart be broken anymore. Let him heal it. And um, a broken heart is a terrible thing, isn't it? It can kill you. I know. It can. It killed Jesus. Our Lord is an amazing, unending, a person with inexhaustible power to do anything that we need, anything we could ask, anything we could think of, and everything that we have no clue what it is. Isaiah, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, okay? Okay. My son, when he looks at people, he sees colors. Not like an aura, okay? Don't get that out of your head. That's not what it is. So I asked him one day, when you look at me, what, do you, what color do you see? Blue. Okay, you know, that's fine. It's my favorite color, you know. So then I said... What color do you see when you look at mom? He says, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I've never seen it before. God has colors we've never seen. How about that? You look at a rainbow and we think that's it. No. So no. (laughs) Beyond, beyond what you can imagine God is. So with that, many of us received a word this morning. Would any of you like to share that? Nobody? Many people this morning received words during worship. You were playing the piano, so, you know. Well, share. That's true, you did. Thank you. That was great. But uh, any, nobody wants to share an encouraging word that they got? Something that bless their hearts? Okay. So this morning, yes. Okay. Yeah, and he is overwhelming, isn't he? So, uh, Pastor Doug asked me if I would speak on prayer, and 
he says to me, I want to know what aspect of prayer you're speaking on because, you know, I have to tell the other guys. And I'm like, well, I usually study for my sermon Saturday night. I'm not sure that's going to work. And then God gave me the sermon on Monday. Just to please you. See? <laughs> I want to say also, it is an honor to be able to speak with you here. It is very rare that the backup guy gets to speak to the boss. So um, it, it's an honor. Um, but anyway, as I was studying this, um, I came up with conversation because prayer is a conversation, relationship. And so I looked online, and, you know, online there's a lot of garbage. And when you start talking about spiritual things, there's even more garbage. But this was pretty good. It starts out with 1 John 5.14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now think about that. You know you better than anybody else knows you, right? Now put yourself, just for a moment, this is, very, this is a big reach for all of us, but put yourself in the position of the Almighty. And one of you wants to speak to the Almighty. Does he listen? Does he need to? He doesn't need to. He wants to. Not only does he want to, he wants to in such a way he can't help it. Because when he looks at us, he sees his son. I will always listen to my children. I will listen to my children instead of listening to me. And I don't care what it is. I will listen to my children. Human beings are relational. Created in God's image, Genesis 1.27. Our Father desires a personal relationship with us, John 3.16. The all-transcending, omnipotently sovereign God, Isaiah 46.9, is is incredibly personal. He is aware, present, and compassionately involved in every detail of who we are, Psalm 18.30 and 116.5. God does not require us to grow in a different version of ourselves in order to gain access to him. Oh, man. (laughs) Micah 7, 18 and 19. Here he is now. What is now? It's now. He is here now. You know why he's here now? Because he was here before now. And he just stays. Wherever you go, there he is. You weren't there, but he already was. Do you see that? He is still with Adam and Eve. Because God doesn't have time. It's not a concern to him. It's only a concern to us. He made us limited because he is unlimited. Because he can. And it's more fun. It's more fun. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. He hears us when we speak, especially to him. 1 John 5, 14. He faithfully holds true to his promise to be close to the brokenhearted. 
Psalm 34, 18. And to love us unfailingly. 2 Peter 3, 9. What is love unfailingly? Eric, I want you to tell me just a little bit about yourself. I'm going to ask you what I want you to tell me, though. (laughs) The morning of your wedding to this wonderful woman here, if someone had come and bolted the door shut, what would you have done? You'd have torn it down. That's right. That's right. Why? Yeah. And what is the barrier between us and God? Ourself. We keep us from him. Could we have our friend the cow up here? Anybody know what that is? Well, it it is a red heifer, but it's more specifically. It is a Highland Angus. It is a good Scottish cow. Never forget it. Now, the thing with this cow, you can't see its eyes, can you? Kind of looks like an old English sheepdog, right? Yeah. Now, the thing about these cows is they are less susceptible to disease. Anyone want any guesses? They have, one, the hair over their eyes. Bugs can't get at their eyes. How do you get diseases? By sticking your fingers in your eyes. Right? You touch something, you put it in your eye, you're sick. Right? Well, or your nose, yeah. Well, the cow here, you know, he obviously can't stick anything in his eye, but bugs can't get in his eyes either. So, but you're like, well, but he can't see. And that's what I always thought too. But veterinarians have written about this. And because the hair is like sunglasses, what we put on and when it's glary outside, and we see better, so they can see better to see attackers coming. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Another thing is they have um, not only hair, but fur to withstand the cold highland winters in Scotland. And not only that, but they are adaptable to any type of climate on the entire planet because of their fur and their hair. Wow. Isn't, isn't that incredible? So why, don't, why doesn't every rancher raise these cows, right? They're a little bit small. <laughs> the bang for the buck isn't there. So you know, money answers the question. But what's important about this guy today is his, his hair in front of his eyes. Because of that filter, he can see. We need a filter in the United States today. We need a filter on our, in our everyday life. So when you're looking at stuff that you shouldn't be looking at, remember this guy, and remember your filter is the Lord Jesus Christ. Without him, you will take in way more than you should. You will see things you ought not see. But you want to cut the glare so that you see what he has for you to see. So you can see his army all around you, protecting you from what the enemy has for you. Does this keep falling? (laughs) 
let me try something else here. <laughs> Am I getting taller? I prayed all my life to get taller, and finally I decided I didn't want to be, and now I am. <laughs> okay. Aren't you God, glad God has a sense of humor? I just wonder why he always uses me for it. <clears throat> uh, God desires our communication with him. The biggest stretch of our faith is perhaps the inaudible moving of our God. Inaudible moving of our God. Because we as people, we think if something moves, it makes a noise. Right? Can we hear the sun? Does it move? Well, we move around it. Do we hear the earth moving? No. We hear the wind. We can't see the wind. But we see the effects of the wind. So it is not a reach then for us to understand that God moves without us hearing him. Right? Sure. Which should make it easier for us to understand that when he gives us a word for someone else, we don't have to hear it. We just have to understand it. God is spirit. He is not a man. Aren't we glad? <laughs> Aren't we glad? Present-day people claim to hear God from, via dreams. That's one way. He probably isn't going to light a shrub on fire in our front yard to get our attention as he did with Moses. However, wouldn't that be cool? I, for one, would go stand in the front yard. Yeah. How do we ignite conversation with our almighty God? Through prayer through prayer. Prayer teaches us how. This is another word the Lord gave me this morning. I love when God talks to me. I love even more when I listen. <laughs> this church is on the edge. On the edge of God breaking through to helping us break out to take Yuba City. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see not just the bulk of this population, but most of the population up to and including 100% stuffed in a church that praises God? Now, that sounds pretty incredible, doesn't it? <clears throat> Do you know of anywhere where 100% of the population is Christian? Not just claims it, but actually is. So there's this town in Arkansas. They got one church. It's a four-square church. There's 120 people in this town. And 118 of them go to that church. And you know what their concern is? The two that don't. Yes. What's the matter with them? Right? Yeah. And that should be our mentality. Because everybody out there is dying. Some of them are dying without Jesus. And that should be more important to you than anything else. That they know Jesus. You know him. 
Don't be selfish. It's the greatest gift ever. It's like breathing. You got to have it. You ever hold your breath? Everybody raises their hand. Sure, everybody's held their breath. When you finally take that next breath, what do you do? <gasps> right? You gasp it in like it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Sorry, I'm getting excited here and getting off my point. Um, but it could still go either way. The only way, the only way is to pray and pray and fast. Pray without ceasing. Pray when you're awake. Pray when you're asleep. Pray in your dreams. Pray when it doesn't make sense. Pray when it does make sense. Well, I can't pray without ceasing. Yes, you can. Or it would not have been asked of you. And we know you can because of the scripture that Mikey just quoted. You can do all things. God is either right or he's a liar. Come on. He's either right or he's a liar. Well, he said he couldn't lie. So if he isn't right and he isn't a liar, he's nuts. And we shouldn't serve him. Crazy people are dangerous. They set fires to houses and shoot people and do all kinds of weird stuff. Our God is sovereign and he is holy and he is crazy ecstatic to know you. And to converse with the Almighty should be our utmost priority. Why are you doing this? <laughs> so remember that thing I told you a little bit ago about? <laughs> it did. There we go. Okay. So I'll probably have to do that several times. Um, I could start this sermon, Conversations with God, and I could just have Debbie come up and just pray. Because Debbie can pray. And pray. And pray. Now that would embarrass her, and frankly, we don't want to do that right now. But she's, I had her ask the blessing for the food the other day, and she says, you never have me do that. And then she prayed, and, she, and when she got done, she says, I know why you never have me do that. Because, you know, the food's cold now. <laughs> but so what? So what? We should all be in a position where we want to talk to God more than anybody else. And when we talk to other people, we should be talking to them about God or including them in the conversation with God. Because, believe it or not, fellow Christian, brother and sister, when you open your mouth, you're talking to God. Because he's there. And that's why you're accountable for everything that comes out of your mouth. Come on, that's good. How many of you want to stand before the king at the end of all time and explain to him that thing you said yesterday about the guy that cut you off in traffic? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't say, oh, God bless your brother. No. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> yeah. 
So if you want to tap into his great grace and his mighty hope and his overwhelming mercy, you have to learn to converse with him. Because it comes by relationship. Psalm 145.3 Great is the Lord, highly to be praised, and his greatness is so vast and profound as to be unsearchable or incomprehensible to man. But you should try. Because the reward of try with all your might is far and away better than sitting like a bump on a log. And when it comes to God, there's only those two things. You either do or you don't. You are or you aren't. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. If, if you're a believer. Now that sounds horrible, but it's not. It's beautiful. Because our self dies that way. The flesh of who we are is expunged away from us. We are washed clean. How many of you like to get in a car that's dirty? I don't mean the, like the outside. I mean you get inside and you're about to sit in the seat and there's a big black stain on their seat. Who wants to sit on that? You don't know what that was. That could have been anything and probably was. <laughs> what makes you think God wants to sit inside of you if you're dirty? Why would he want to do that? He certainly doesn't have to. When we come here to church, we need to construct a place for him to be in the spiritual world. We need to make sure that he feels welcome. And I'm telling you what, this chair here isn't going to get it done. That's not going to hold the Lord God Almighty. It can't. There's no way. The only way for him to be in here is in us. And the more we give ourselves to him, the more of him he will allow to move in our presence. Because he can't help it. See, that's where you want to go with your conversation with him. You want to talk to him so much that he can't help but move. He, can't, he has to. Within himself, he says, I got to do it. Did you hear my good friend this morning? I got to do it. Jesus, come listen to what they're saying. This is amazing. We want God to think of us as amazing. We're his family. We're his children. You're my brothers and sisters. I am yours. Brad, tell me one thing about you I don't know. <laughs> Alan. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys something about me that you don't know. Well, my family knows, but you don't know. And you may be surprised. I write poetry. And I don't write poetry like, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. No, it's, it's actually pretty good. It's not great, you know. But my wife likes it, and that's all I really care about. You know, 
But I do. And sometimes I get so um, engrossed in the writing of it that I'll spend a whole day and I'll have like a million poems go through my head. And it's, it's really fun. You know, I can sit down and look at a sunset and I tell you what, I will bore you with poems. I bore myself. <laughs> but it's fun. And it's a gift God has given me. And unless I told you, would you know? No. I told a pastor once that I wrote poems, and she goes, you've got to be kidding. I would never have thought that about you. She doesn't know me very well, does she? No. But I want you to know me well. I want you to know me so well that if somebody says something that I did and it doesn't fit with my character, you will speak up and say, that doesn't match his character. You better prove that. And I want to know you that well that I can say the same of you. Make a good family. A good family, yes. In fact, let's be a good family. Back to Galatians. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Verse 21. I do not ignore or nullify the gracious gift of the grace of God. The gracious gift of the grace of God. Do you know that God, in fact, is grace? It's not that he's graceful or that he's gracious. He actually is grace, and grace is not possible apart from God. You have to have God to have grace. His amazing unmerited favor, for if righteousness comes through observing the law, then Christ died needlessly. Did you hear that? If we could get to heaven... By observing the law, we didn't need Christ to die. But you can't. Debbie's car won't go that far. Right? What goes all the way to heaven? God. Just, just God. And without him, nothing else gets there. Nothing leaves. There's no in and out. Only by his word. Grace. You guys know what grace is? That's right. Good answer. He was listening. <laughs> Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment, and given eternal life. Why are we here? To be with God. And the way to do that is to have eternal life. Without eternal life, what do we have? Death. It's so simple. I mean, it's right here. It's a road map. It's like, just do this and you're, you're great. You're good. And this salvation is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Hebrews 4.16, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need.
Great. Let's look at great for a minute, just that word. Of an extent, amount, or intensity considerably above the normal average. Very large and imposing of an ability or quality or eminence considerably above the normal or average. A distinguished person or excellently or very well. The biblical term, term for grace, the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners, the bestowal of, of blessings. So when you have great grace, you have great blessings given to you. What does that look like? Anybody got an example of that? A great blessing given to you. My wife. Excellent. That's a great example. Sure. Anybody else got one? You woke up this morning? Sure. My family got out of a forest fire. As did Karen. And thousands of other people. What else you got? I haven't been to the doctor and I can't remember how many years. That is a tremendous blessing. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. They're all around us, aren't they? But when we are talking about his great grace, what is that? Eternal life. His life in us. His life in us. Yes. For eternity. Heaven driven by the perpetual motion machine called God. Oh, amen. <laughs> we can go home now. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yes. Let's look at mighty for a second here. Or, you know, 15 minutes. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, With people it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Not only that, all that you can imagine that you think is possible, impossible, and anything you've never thought of is possible too. Like, say, an arm growing back. Is that possible? Anything's possible. There's a missionary down in southern Mexico, David Hogan. Yeah. So <clears throat> they worked really hard, and they got this guy saved, this, this guitar player, right? And, you know, in, when you're building a church and there's no church, if you can play the guitar, you're the worship leader, okay? <laughs> so they're, they're out, and they're... Um, Brush cutting, right? And he, he's using a machete, and he cut off his hand, the guitar player. All but just a sliver of skin right here. So he picked it up, you know, stuck it back on, wrapped it up with his hanky, and off they went to the clinic. Got to have it sewn back on, right? And he got there, and let's have a look, and it had been hours. <laughs> not, not cold, you know, it's, it's in southern Mexico. It's hot, you know. And so he rolls in there and, they went, okay, we'll, we'll just cut it off, you know, right here and we'll stitch it. He, no, I'm a worship leader. I need my hand. 
well, I'm, we're sorry, you're not able to play the guitar again. You know, you're done. So he stood up, he stuck it back on the end of his arm, and he wrapped it up, and he left. And he bothered God to fix his hand because the doctor couldn't do it. And his hand turned just the same color as this sheet here. And it got just as hard as that. And he wouldn't take off his hand. And he kept bothering the Lord about it. And one day, about a month into this ordeal, he had a little streak of flesh grow up right across his palm. And from that streak, the entire hand came back to life. And he could play the guitar. Now that is beyond our imagination. Yeah. So, when God says all things are possible, what does he mean? All. All. Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord. Draw strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. How do you have a union with someone? You have a relationship. How do you get a relationship? You talk to them. You learn about them. You learn about what they like and they don't like. And you decide from that conversation whether you like them or not, right? Well, guess what? We don't get to do that part. We don't get to do, I don't like them. That's not, that's not what this family does. You have to find something in them you do like and grow on it. And if nothing else, figure out that they have Jesus in them and grow from there. The most firm foundation you could ever ask for, for a friendship. There's no, I don't like you when we come to church, when we're here together. There's none of that. Leave it somewhere else. Kill it. I don't care what you do with it. Just don't bring it in here. When you pray for the person that bothers you the most, start off with, God, make me love them. Make me love them. Overwhelm me with your great grace and your mighty hope and your overwhelming mercy for that person because they are as important to you as I am. And I want them to be that important to me because I am. Love you. Christianity is not easy. It's not. But if you live that way, look at the great life you have. Don't you all know people that are miserable? And of those people you know that are miserable, how many actually say they're a Christian? Way too many. Way too many. Mighty, possessing great and impressive power or strength, especially on account of size. Hope, trust, to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or be true. Are you getting a picture here? What is mighty hope? an inexhaustible strength to hope for what you know is true. So if you have the Almighty God, 
on your side, or actually you're on his, what kind of hope can you have? All hope. You can have the mightiest hope there is. Endless. Yes. Because he's endless. (laughs) You know, do you want to preach this? (laughs) I I think maybe I wish you would. (laughs) Uh, Isaiah 6.1. In the, year, I'm sorry, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and exalted, with the train of his royal robe filling the temple. Now think about this. We're in here in this little bitty room. And his royal robe is in here, and it fills the room. Okay? And I don't mean it's like fluffy. It's like you can't move. It's so vast and overwhelming. That's just his clothing, people. That's just what he wears. Can you imagine? Think of the the visual that Isaiah had of the train of the Lord. Isn't that beyond your thought? Because when we think, oh, it filled the temple, we're like, oh, well, you know, air fills the temple. No, you can't even move. It's so encompassing. Overwhelming, a very great amount, like a tidal wave or a hurricane. What are we saying? Yeah, because it's like that. Even to and including the point of leaving one speechless. Ever been speechless? I mean really speechless, not like I don't know what you say, I don't know what to say, but you actually can't even say that. You ever been there? I had a vision when we first got here, and um, I was uh, on this mountainside, and I'm looking down at, at this large field, and I just felt the Lord say, you know, you need to go down there. So I go down this, this uh, little road, and I kind of turn the corner at the bottom, and I walk out on this field, and uh, the Lord's out there. And he's, he's got himself out there, excuse me, <clears throat> on a horse. And there's another horse. So he says, Craig, get on the horse. Get to go horseback riding with Jesus. Who wouldn't want to do that, right? <laughs> so I get on the horse and, you know, what now? And, and he directs my attention to the other end of the field. And there's this enormous wall, high as you can see. And it's this black Something flying around. You ever see blackbirds when they're really, okay, it's like that, only like, you know, infinite more. Going up into the sky and blotting the light of the sun, right? And you, you, know, what he, you know what he said? Son, those are demons. And you and I, we're going to whoop them. 
So Craig, in his vast exuberance, what did I tell you about exuberance? There is no wisdom in it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. I kicked that horse. I got my sword out. Let's go, right? Because that's what warriors do. So I'm, I'm going to go get after it. And the Lord reaches out, and he grabs me by the britches, and he pulls me and the horse back, and he says, you need to wait. It's not time. No, I want this out of my life. He's like, it's not in your life. But when it's time, you and I, we will go conquer this. And that time is now for me, church. He has shown me very clearly some things about me and some things about my family and where we're going, although not specifically where we're going to live. Please, God. But I know that where we are going, that is part of that wall. Now, this can go two ways. I can wait on the Lord, and he and I can go together, and we'll be massively victorious. Or I can kick that horse in the withers again and ride out in front of the Lord, and I could die, and probably will. i got a lot to live for. If nothing else, you know, just these young people over here at this table and my wife, you know, that's a lot to live for. But I, beyond that, i got to live for the king. And without the king, nothing else matters. So I want to do it in his time according to his grace. Hebrews 4.16, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. James 2.13, For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over Judgment. Isn't that freeing? I love when the Lord gives us little statements like this that just free you immediately. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who it is within one's power to punish or harm. So you let them off the hook. That's mercy. <clears throat> overwhelming mercy. So I made this little definition of what overwhelming mercy is. Compassionate forgiveness like a tidal wave. That's forgiving. Because <laughs> it's all around you. Water, when it gets around you, where is it? It's everywhere. That's his mercy. It's everywhere, and it will overwhelm you, and it should. It really should. <clears throat> Is there any reason you wouldn't want to tap into a relationship with like, like that with Jesus, with our God, with the Holy Spirit? Can you think of any reason? No, you'd have to be a fool to say no, wouldn't you? So it's easy. Just learn to pray in conversation with him. Acknowledge that he is the best. 
This is a little prayer I learned when I was a very little boy. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul, only I thought it was salt. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. That is a great prayer if you're five. When you're 55, not so much. Well, yeah, but I pray, and you know, after about five minutes, I've said all I'm going to say to the Lord. I don't have anything else. Then you better get some passion in your conversation. You better get some passion for the Lord God Almighty. You better change your idea and your focus of who and what he is so that the passion within you comes out of you and you can't stop it. So that you feel so strongly about him that like Eric breaking down that door on his wedding morning, you won't let anything or anybody stop you from serving him, including and up to the person you're married to. More marriages are sad because one or the other person lets the other one decide that we're not going to do what you know God has told you to do. The worst thing that can happen if you're wrong is you fail and God catches you. What's wrong with that? Be bold for him. You all have passion like that first breath when you've been holding your breath. There was a a young man that saw a banker fly fishing. So he went out there to talk to him, and he wanted to ask him, what's the secret of your success, right? So he put his fishing rod, stuck it in the sand, and he grabs this young man, and he shoves his head under the water. And when he quit blowing bubbles, he brought him up. And this young fella, (gasps) and he shoved him back under. And he did that three times. After the third time, the young man was so weak that this, this older gentleman very carefully pulled him out up onto the beach and set him on the beach so that he could fill his lungs. And finally, he was able to sit up, and he said, why did you do that? And he says, when you want to succeed as much as you wanted that next breath, nothing will stop you. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, don't let anything stop you from wanting Jesus that bad. Because without it, you, you don't get where you're going. You don't get where he wants you to go. Don't you want to go where he wants you to be? You've got to be there. If you tie into him like that, everything else is going to fall away. You will get the deliverance of the garbage in your life that you're looking for. And part of that is not worrying about where you're going to lay your head that night. Does my car work or not? You know what? God knows how to fix a car. He knows how to replace one. He can do all kinds of miracles if we would just get out of his way. We got to we got to change our focus of what church is so that we can get into the model he's given us in the Bible of what it is. So with all the other Bible reading you're doing, go home and read Acts until it makes you tired. 
and read it again and read it again. Figure out what God has laid out for us as a church to be and let's do it. And you will only get that if you pray. You have to. He's ready to listen. And you know what? If we all pray at once, he can hear all of us. He loves to. Well, I hope I didn't beat you up too much. Sometimes my passion runs away with my... Never mind, that's another sermon. Lord, I thank you that uh, I got to get this off my chest. (laughs) Lord, I ask that you would show us all what it is you want from us. I ask that we would all spend time with you in prayer the way you want us to spend that time with you. And sometimes, Lord, I know I sit down and I, I begin to pray and I just, I don't know what to pray. And so I just ask you, what, what do you want me to pray for? What do you want me to ask for? What do you want me to ask of you for myself, for my family, for my friends, for where I work? And you're always so faithful to tell me. And I ask that I would do it more. Lord, I ask that each one of us would find a way every day in every moment to bless you and that we would actually also do it. In Jesus' name, amen.